Alright? So we're going to jump into this. If you have your Bible, if you'll open up to Psalm 78 and in Psalm 106. And if you're really talented, Acts chapter 1. Hey, it's a three-pronged approach today, alright? So you have to put on your big boy pants, big girl pants. No, I'm just playing. Psalm 78, Psalm 106, and Acts chapter 1. And we'll get to all those... As we go through this, but we'll be starting in Psalm 78. Anyone there? All right. How many want to begin to recognize when God does something in your life, even if it's a drop of rain, and you want to make it become rivers? Right? Like, if you need $1,000 to pay bills, and God gives you $100, that's an amazing start. But most of us, when that happens, we're like, man, we have a $1,000 bill. We just got an extra $100. Wow, now we need $900. We focus on what we don't have, right? Instead of what we do have. And in the kingdom, nothing should ever start with with us. Hello? In the kingdom, nothing should start with, well, God, I don't have this. This hasn't been made, made available to me yet. I'm not that yet. I can't do this. Nothing should start with that language. Everything should start from heaven to earth. He initiates, we respond. So if the Lord says, um, you need this thing, we should never say, but Lord, I only have $100 and I need 1000 Our starting point should be, Lord, thank you so much for the $100. I love this $100 bill. It's so beautiful. It's, of all $100 bills, it's the pr- most precious one I've ever seen. That attitude creates space for increase where a drop of rain will become a river. All right? In Psalm, chapter seven, uh, Psalm 78, verse 40 is where I want to start. Psalm 78, verse 40. It says, How often they provoked him in the wilderness... And grieved him in the desert. Not off to a great start, (laughs) right? He's speaking of Israel in the time of their rebellion, when they were wandering around for 40 years. He says, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. And he goes on, he says, yes, again and again they tempted God. That sounds like a scary, um, um, I don't know, scary mixture of attitudes right there. We provoked him grieved him, and tempted him. And then it goes on, it says, and they limited the Holy One of Israel. So now they've got four things going against them, right? And then the next verse tells how they did it. This is how they provoked, how they grieved, how they tempted, and how they limited God. They did not remember His power. They did not remember His power. The day when He redeemed them from the enemy... When he worked his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the fields of Zoan. How did they provoke, grieve, tempt, and limit him? They did not remember. See, we talk about testimony in the church all the time. And and we'll never stop. Because the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. That comes from Revelation. And we believe that when we hold the testimony of God and remember it, it, we're saying to God, what you did counted for something, Lord. The thing you did in my life, I still remember it. And I see you through the lens of that activity. How many have ever been healed by God from anything? A headache, you broke your toe, I don't know, whatever it was. I thought I broke my... Don't you hate when you kick the door or something? 
oh, it hurts so bad, right? It makes your whole body, how's that little toe make your whole body hurt? But it does. Makes you want to say things that are shameful, right? <laughs> oh, man, right? How many of you have ever just been, had something like that and then said, Lord, please heal me, and you've been healed? Headache, you have a migraine. Lord, I need this migraine to go away. He heals you. How many have been healed from other things? Stomach issues, irritable bowel syndrome. I don't know. I was thinking about it because my, my wife was healed from that. She doesn't care if I put her on blast or whatever. It's a testimony. So what happens now if my wife's stomach starts to hurt and she feels the symptoms of, the, of what she had before? It is now her responsibility to view the situation from how God acted before, how he healed her. That's how we steward, that's called remembering his testimony. If you had a chaos, chaotic situation or chaos in your family, and you're like, God, I need peace in this situation. There is hell going on in my family right now. It is absolutely out of control. We need you to come, Prince of Peace. And God comes with peace and brings solution to that problem. Next time there's chaos in the family, how are we supposed to view the chaos? From the perspective of he's the one who brings peace to storms. If I view it from any, other, from any other way, I'm provoking him, I'm grieving him, I'm limiting him. Because when he does something for us, he's teaching us how to see things. Miracles, his, his activity on the earth teaches us to see. I can't tell you over the last few years the things that we've learned about God in provision alone. The time after time, I mean, it is, it is laughable now how God does this for, for my wife and I. You guys, you guys, I, you have no idea the story that we've been through the last couple of years. We've, we've made personal sacrifices, and, and there's been some difficult things that we've gone through financially. And the Lord has blown us away with checks in the mail, with, with discounts, with, with this. I mean, we, we got a horrible report a week or so ago. We, we have a house for sale in Irving. And um, they called back and said that they're not going to allow us to sell it at this price, all right? And um, we were like, oh, great. They're not going to allow us to sell it. No one's going to, I mean, it, just the way the market is right now, we've tried to sell our house for a few years now. We actually tried to sell it a few years back, took it off the market, put it back on, took it back off, and then now we're, we're trying to sell it again. And immediately, a couple of days later, we get another offer. Instantly, on a higher price than what it was before. $10,000 higher than what it was before. And I'm like, at first I'm like, There's, we're not going to be able to sell our house for that price. I don't understand why they're not going to allow us to do this, right? This is a big process that we're going through. I don't want to get all the hairy details. And to be completely honest, it's been a frustrating and, and a learning experience for us, a humbling experience for my wife and I, to be completely honest. And here the Lord come, comes and instantly gives us a, a new, a new uh, offer. We have a bill come up, and we'll, we'll just go, I'll ask my wife, have you checked the mail? I mean, it's, it's funny. I mean, seriously, have you checked the mail? We'll go out, we'll open the mail, there'll be a check in the mail. I mean, ridiculous stuff. What the Lord is telling us is that anytime financial issues come around or provision issues come around, it would be sin for us not to remember how he's answered us through the years. It would be a sin for us. To think, oh God, we're not going to be able to do this. That would be sin. Because his ways, the, ways he, the way he's dealt with us has taught us who he is. It's taught us his character. And for me to view any situation in life outside of his character is provoking God. It's provoking the one we love. 
We have to remember what God does for us. We have to remember His testimony. If we don't, then what we're doing is we're saying what you did before wasn't enough for us. We're spitting in His face. That wasn't good enough. How many of you have ever bought a gift for someone or you have small children and you bought a gift for them and they didn't like the gift? (laughs) You're like, I spent money. I worked extra hours. I sacrificed this. I wanted to get that. I looked all over for that toy. You didn't know how many stores I went to to find that toy. And you bring it to the kid and they open it. They're like, I don't like I like a blue one better. Oh. (laughs) You know, we're, we're like that too. When God does amazing things for us, and then a storm comes up, and we're like, oh, God, we're never going to... We're slapping him in his face for all the gifts he's given us. He says, remember my testimonies. Remember what I do. If we don't remember, we're provoking him, and we're limiting him. I don't care if it's a little bitty drop. I don't care if you need $1,000 and he gives you $10. Steward the $10 with thankfulness. Amen. Now, skip on down to verse 56. Psalm 78, verse 56. It goes on and talks, you know, glowingly about them. And then it gets to verse 56. It says, Yet they tested and provoked the Most High God and did not keep His testimonies. You see, before, um, before the Ark of the Covenant came into place, how many of you have ever heard of the Ark of the Covenant? It's the, it was the, the, the place where they kept the tablets and some manna from heaven and, and Aaron's rod that blossomed in. And there were, there were seraphim on top of it. And, and when, the, when God would come to a place, there would be a glory cloud that would, fill, that would go in between the, the wings on this thing. And it represented the presence of God. But before it was ever the Ark of the Covenant that Israel cherished so much, we talk about David dancing. You know why David danced? Because the Ark of the Covenant came back to Israel. Right? I mean, before it was that, it was called the Ark of the Testimony. And the way that people knew about God was from generation to generation, they sat down and they told their kids about God, what they did, what He did for them. Well, when we were in the wilderness, God did this for us. And when we were here, He, he parted the sea for us. And when we were over here, He provided manna from heaven. And He delivered us from Egypt. And He delivered us from this and from that. That's how they knew who God was, by the word of their testimony. What does it say in Revelation? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What is your testimony? What has God done for you? Can you remember? Have you forgotten? I've been in this study and I can't wrap my brain completely around it yet. That's why I haven't taught on it yet. But there's something in the Bible that's unique about those two words, forgetting and remembering. Because sometimes he says, do not forget. And then other times he says, remember and so I'm trying to figure out the thing here but what I do know about it so far is remembering means that there's something in me that's a reference point that I've put something in my heart I've hidden something away so that if something familiar comes up ah, I remember that God did this before right forgetting is I don't have a reference point in me Forgetting is, well, God sent me that check in the mail, and I didn't put a registry in my heart where I could pull up. Well, on this day, he sent me this check, and so now I'm not just not remembering. I have forgotten what he did for me. And the Lord doesn't want us to live as people who forget the things he does. He said, do not forget any of his benefits. Don't forget them. Put, I forget that's there. Put little checks in your heart. So that when things come up, you're like, oh, I remember God did this for me. 
So what should happen is when we go through life and circumstances come up, they should remind us of who God is. They shouldn't remind us of what we don't have. When a situation comes up, it shouldn't arise as this big, horrible problem. Oh, no, oh my God, what are we going to do? We freak out. All it should do is send us to our re- registry of his testimony in our life. Well, this matches up with what he did there. So, Lord, remember on this day, remember this time you did this for me? Well, right now, this is what I'm confronted with. And it seemed familiar to me. And I want you to know I'll remember what you did. Thank you so much for what you did then. What that does is it creates an atmosphere where he wants to do again what he just did for you before. The word testimony in Hebrew, if you'll study through it, uh, it's, it's the word ida, ada, something like that, right? It means testimony, evidence, witness, and then it says to do again. By putting a registry in our heart of what God's done for us, keeping record of his testimony, what we're doing is we're saying, God, do it again. Do it again. Do that thing again. How many want God to to just continue to do what he's done for you before? I pray that prayer a lot. Lord, what you've done in my life, do more of it. (laughs) What you've been doing for me, keep doing it. I love it. I love how you deal with me. I love how you're speaking to me. I love the things you've brought me through. Just keep doing that for me. And that's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to remember. He wants us to, to keep his testimony. In Psalm 106, verse 7, you want to flip there, it drives it home again. It's the same, same thought pattern here. Psalm 106, verse 7. It says, Our fathers in Egypt did not understand your wonders. They did not remember the multitude of your mercies. So they rebelled by the sea. Now this steps it up to another level. Not only were they provoking him before or grieving him or tempting him or limiting him, now it's outright rebellion to not remember his mercy. You guys okay? It's outright rebellion to not remember him. I love the first part. It says they did not understand. It doesn't mean they didn't understand like they were stupid. It means they didn't take hold of it and make it become who they are. They did not comprehend it. What that means is they did not embrace it until it became part of who they were. And so because of that, it led them into rebellion. Amen? You guys still okay? Yeah. We're going to dig in this. There's, there's two parts of this that are kind of cool. I'm excited about the second part. hope you are too. When we remember his testimony, we're honoring his acts. We're honoring what he's done. <clears throat> we're also honoring his ways, which is who he is. When we remember his testimony, we're creating room for his word uh, to form Christ in us. You know, I love how, I can't remember where it is off the top of my head, where Paul says, I, I, I pray for you until Christ is formed in you. Yeah. I love that. I'm like, that's what remembering his testimony does. When I remember his nature and his acts and the way he is, when I put that in my heart and I feed myself on that, I'm, I'm seeing Christ formed in me. Because I see everything from who God is, not from any other thing. Amen. Amen? When we remember his testimony, it remembers us. It remembers us. When we're scattered and we're everywhere, what brings us back into wholeness is remembering who God is. Remember, to put us back together. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses, you guys know it? All the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. What puts us back together when we're lost? Remembering his testimony. 
If you're discouraged, if you're depressed, if, even if you're not discouraged or depressed, you're just not completely hopeful right now, you're, you're, a, you're in pieces and you don't even know it. And the way to put yourself back together is to, God, I just remember when you did this. And I remember when you did this. I don't even have a big storm in my life right now. I just want to remember you. I just want to talk about what you've done. I just want to brag on the things you've brought me through because I want to refocus my, my eyes right now. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. When we remember his testimony, it teaches us to see from divine perspective, from heaven to earth, and it causes us to steward drops of rain until they become rivers. Amen? By remembering the $10 when we need $1,000, we are honoring God and we're attracting more. Good? Second part. So number one is remembering his testimony causes rivers to come where there's drops of rain. The second one is honoring his testimony. And I want to bring this, if you'll open to um, Acts chapter 1 now. Remember the Hebrew word for, for testimony is, is ada, testimony, evidence, and witness. Everyone say witness. Does that sound familiar that we're all supposed to be Acts chapter 1, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my, and you will be my, you will be my testimony in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. All right, talking about honor right now, honoring his testimony. This is, this is probably my favorite part in weeks that I've thought of. Like, God, Lord, this blew me away when he showed me this. When we honor what God's doing in another person, we are remembering his testimony. I'm going to say it like 15 times, so get used to it. When we honor another person's walk with God, we are attracting more from God. Because we're honoring his testimony, his witness in someone else's life. Don't tell me a culture of honor is not important. It's important. It's ridiculous the levels, how how important it is on so many levels. But this, to me, hit me so hard. Because it says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 41, if you honor a prophet in the name of a prophet, what do you get? So I'm not a prophet, but if I recognize a prophet when they walk into the room and I honor them for being a prophet, I get the same reward as if I was a prophet. Amen. So I'm, I'm creating rivers by simply honoring the testimony of God on someone's life. Amen. You know what we do way too often? We degrade what God's done for someone. Even if it's just a small little drop, well, they've made a little bit of progress in their life. We're like, yeah, but God, look how much they got to go. And that's like one step, God. I will not, I'm not like you, God. One step doesn't really make me want to jump up and down. I want to see about 35 steps and then I'll, okay, there's a rhythm to this. And then we want to trust and believe what God's doing. But that's not honor. Honor is when we see God do something, whether it's a small drop or a big thing, we honor what God's doing in that person. And by doing that, it brings a place inside of us where we have room for increase for ourselves. It's so important to honor one another. A culture of honor 
lives and it creates the abundant life of heaven. It stewards the drops of rain into streams. So today we talked about personally remembering what God's done for us. But then we can't just be selfish and just remember us. We need to look around at the people around us and say, man, God, I love what you're doing in Mark's life. That is so awesome. Like, look at what you're doing, how you, you're, you're, you're making him mature and turning him into this amazing man of God. And, and I wasn't saying that to say he was immature. I'm just saying all of us are maturing. All of us are maturing. Well, when we do that and we put it on our lips, and God, thank you for what you're doing in, in Belinda's life. Man, it's so amazing. Like, like she's a flower blooming right in front of all of us. We get to see it. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in Jerry's life. And, and when we do that... And remember what he's done for us. We're not only creating room for personal rivers. We're creating room for corporate rivers. Amen. Amen? We want to host this presence in our homes and in our church and our community. This is a big key to it. It's honoring what God does in other people. It's looking for what God's doing in them and highlighting it. We're really good at highlighting dirt. Right? I mean, like, we should all be in the media. Like, we've learned from the best. The media has taught us well how to dig for dirt. Dig for dirt. Destroy people. Tear them down. Right? It's the, it's the, the spirit of the age. It's the spirit of Antichrist, actually. And, and it looks for dirt in people. When the Lord says, if you'll look for the gold in people, if you'll look for the things that I have done, then you are stewarding the testimony. Because I've made them witnesses. I've made them a testimony. And when you honor that person, you're honoring my testimony. You're honoring what I've done in their life. And it creates room for increase and growth in us. Amen? You guys okay? That's it. Fast, quick, like a Band-Aid. Amen? So, we will not despise day of small beginnings. We won't look down on drops of rain when we need a downpour. Like, how foolish is it if a farmer's out in the middle of his field and they're in a drought? When you're in a drought, you don't just need a little bit of rain, right? You need a lot. You need to, the grounds are cracking, your animals are falling into the cracks in the ground. It would be foolish for a farmer to be outside and it starts sprinkling. And him curse the sky. We don't need sprinkle. We need downpours. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we do that, don't we? And it's all, it's all in how we focus. It's all what we look at. It's what, what demands our attention and our focus. And it goes back to what I said at first. We have to put checkpoints in our heart. We remember what God did for us. That's why we, we encourage you, write your testimonies down. Write down what he's done for you. Don't forget, I've been horrible, and I'm having to go back now and retroactively remember stuff God's done and write it in my journal. Lord, I remember you did this. I remember you did this. I remember you did this. I don't want to forget them. I was stupid back then. I was provoking you. I I was tempting you. I was limiting you back then, but I don't want to do that now. I want to remember everything. Let's write it down. Let's get it on paper. Right? Why? Because when I read that, I see things in the right, in the right perspective. Amen? All right, would you stand?
Momentum grows as we manage our hearts. When we feed ourselves on what God has done and is doing, we gain divine perspective and are equipped to see kingdom progress. This causes hope and anticipation to grow in our hearts as we now see what He sees. Amen? So how many of you would be completely honest and you need like a $1,000 check? That's a metaphor, okay? $1,000, maybe you really need that, but that's great. And, and you want to steward the $10 and the $100 that you've seen come here and there. I'm going to be honest and say, yeah, that's me. Yep. Now let's go to the second part. How many of us would be honest and say, I've been more apt to, to overlook what God's doing in someone than to, than to champion what God's doing in somebody and honor them? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, we're so judgmental. <laughs> our daddy needs to tell us, you're not very fun to be with right now. <laughs> and we're teaching our kids, you're not fun to be with right now, Josiah. Matthias, you want to be fun to be with or you want to go to your room? <laughs> when we're judging people, we're just not very fun to be with. How many thinks that Christians, that would be one of the top things people would say about us? We're not very fun to be with. <laughs> The Lord wants to make us fun to be with. Amen. Fun to be with. Or go to your room, right? <laughs> so, Lord, I just, will you pray for yourself? They will steward the drops, and, and then we'll pray for that second part as well. Um, Lord, first, we just say thank you for all the drops, all the rain. Every rain of God is precious. All of it's beautiful, Lord. We love it. We love when you pour out favor on us, whether it's with a drop a dropper, or with buckets. We love it. And we will steward well everything you give us, Lord. We will not take for granted the things you do for us. We will not measure what you do for us. <laughs> Our response to you will not be according to the measure that we decide that you poured out on us. We will champion everything you do. We will remember your testimony. We will create anchors in our heart that we can refer to say this is how God is no this situation's a lie because God is like this and we'll remember your testimony Lord secondly we're going to honor one another we're going to honor what you're doing in them we're going to honor the prophet the teacher we're going to honor the the mom who stays at home and watches the kids and we see God in that we're going to honor the the person who's working the construction site, and they're looking out for our safety, Lord. We're, we're going to honor everyone, Lord, according to what you're doing in their life. And Lord, I ask that as we do this, that you would just continue to pour a rain on us and that we'll make this place a pool. We'll make it a river. In Jesus' name, amen. Cool, yeah. How many of you guys have ever seen a, uh, a rainstorm come and it only drops one drop? Yeah. Even in the summertime, whenever you go, you're driving down the highway and you hit a rainstorm, you're like, oh, it's raining. I've got to turn my windshield wipers. By the time you turn your windshield wipers on, it's already stopped raining. <laughs> Even those rainstorms have more than one drop. And God is the same way. If he gives you a little bitty blessing, 
He's not the God that's going to give one little bitty blessing and stop. He's going to rain on you. And so treasure that drop. If you, and I would challenge you, think of right now, before you leave this room, what God has done. One little thing. And tell somebody, you know, God did this for me. You know? Treasure it. Tell somebody about it. Because it's, it's proof that there's more coming. A rainstorm doesn't come and only drop one drop. Okay? And then, uh, you know, it's so powerful to remember how God has worked on us and, and changed us and developed us, right? But it's so easy to forget that he's doing that with everybody. Okay, so, you know, you know there's somebody at work that just irritates the snot out of you. Right? Like, literally, when you see him, you get so mad, snot starts coming out. <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened. God's working on that person the same way he's worked on you. And so help God. Take partnership in God. You don't need to know about all that person's, all the things they're doing wrong. All you need to know is what they're doing right. And build on that. You know? Okay, that's all. I, I was just going to reemphasize. Lord, thank you for what you've done today. Thank you for all that you're always doing for us. I thank you that you help us to experience you on the inside, and you help us to change from the inside out, that you come into our heart and you soften it, and you teach it and you guide it. And then eventually, Lord, our actions reflect your will. I just love that, God. The way you work is beautiful. I just pray that you would continue to do that in us, and... I pray that we would continue to uh, delve into your eternal life uh, and not overvalue our temporary things. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen. We're going to open up the altars now. Uh, If you need prayer for anything, look, guys, anything.